The biggest two weeks of this year's presidential election are here. The Republican and Democratic national conventions are headed to Cleveland and Philadelphia. But if the news is a lot to keep up with, don't. Just keep up with the NPR Politics Podcast. They'll be at the conventions doing quick daily episodes first thing every morning. So know what's happening and what it all means without the cable news hangover. Find the NPR Politics Podcast on the NPR One app or at npr.org slash podcasts. From NPR and WNYC, coming to you from the Bell House in beautiful Brooklyn, New York, it's NPR's hour of puzzles, word games, and trivia, Ask Me Another. I'm Jonathan Colton. Now, here's your host, Ophira Eisenberg. Thank you, Jonathan. We have a great show for you. Some brainy contestants are backstage gobbling down omega-3 fatty acids, fueling up to play our nerdy games, but only one will become our big winner. And our special guest is Loudon Wainwright. His career spans four decades. His songs are full of wordplay and wry wit and are about everything from dead skunks to Donald Trump to family funks. I can relate to the last one. I am the youngest of six children, and I still get treated like a baby. My brothers and sisters, every time they see me, they go, Nobody wanted you! You were a mistake! (laughs) That's funny stuff. But the last time, I actually went and I spoke to my mother about it, and she was very cool. She was like, Don't be ridiculous! You all were mistakes! So... Let's get things started with our first two contestants. Our first contestant is Tom Sullivan. You... Interestingly, are raising your daughter to be a Mets fan. Yeah, it, it's it, <laughs> yeah. Uh, it's a terrible affliction. Yeah, but she loves it, and actually, her favorite toy is a stuffed Mister Met. So, wait, how old is she? Six months. Okay, so she doesn't know any better. What life lessons do you want her to gain? from being a Mets fan. Well, that's where you get all your life lessons if you're spoiled like a Yankees fan. Uh-huh. Or especially a, especially a young Red Sox fan who knows nothing but the glory of three World sure. Series. The Mets, you, I mean, I'm 28. I've never seen the Mets win a World Series. I missed the last one by one year. So, so you're teaching her about hope. Perseverance, maybe. Perseverance, That's a good yeah, one, John. Like in, the face, in the face of uh, impossible odds. Right. Your opponent is Mitchell Hoffing, and you are a parent of a fencer. Yes, I am. Interesting. He likes to stab things. <laughs> he likes to stab things. Very interesting way of putting it. What life lessons have you learned from your son being a fencer? Fencing bags are heavy to carry around. Oh, yeah. All right. You have to carry all the equipment. <laughs> sometimes. sometimes I, as he got older, I dumped it on him, but for a while it was me. And how old is he? He's 17 now. Okay, so what do you think he's getting out of fencing that he can apply for the rest oh, of his life? I mean, it's, it's great life lessons in, uh, you know, in perseverance and a good way to let out your aggression also. It's exactly <laughs> like being a Mets fan. <laughs> right. I'm a Mets fan too. <laughs> oh, there you go. Though I do remember some World Series victories. <laughs> In the public radio trivia system, there are two separate yet equally important parts. The comedian who hosts the program and the musician who performs musical parodies. These are their stories. Chong chong. <laughs> See, we couldn't uh, get a real Law & Order sound effect, so we just got our puzzler Art Chung to say his last name twice. <laughs> How'd I do? It's like I'm just watching the show. Yeah. yeah. So in this game, we've rewritten the intro to Law & Order SVU to be about other things with three initials. So if I said, in Munich's car manufacturing system, the dedicated assembly line workers are members of an elite Beamer factory... You would answer, Law and Order BMW. You're going to buzz in to answer, and the winner is going to move on to our final round at the end of the show. Oh, and we've actually replaced our regular buzzer sound with Art Chung doing that fantastic (laughs) Law and Order (laughs) sound effect. So, here we go. In the bureaucratic system, the dedicated government workers who control slow-moving lines are the members of an elite driver's licensing office. Chung, chung. (laughs) <laughs> Mitchell uh, Law and Order DMV That is correct, <laughs> yes <laughs> It's going to be a fun game yeah, I can tell great. already 
In the psychedelic drug system, the hippies turning on, tuning in, and dropping out are members of an elite acid trip. Chong Chong. <laughs> Tom. Law and Order LSD. <laughs> that is correct. <laughs> In the professional ice hockey system, the dedicated goalies are members of an elite power play. Chong Chong. Tom. Law and Order NHL. Yep, that's right. Mm-hmm. I know I brought this up before, but only here in America do you say ice hockey. What are you delineating? <laughs> like, oh, we weren't talking about table hockey? Floor field, hockey. Field hockey. Field hockey, floor hockey, table hockey. All right. <laughs> Now I know why people in ice hockey are so violent. <laughs> in the package delivery system, the drivers who try not to make left turns are members of an elite fleet of brown trucks. Chong chong. <laughs> Mitchell. Law and order uh, UPS. That's right, exactly. This is your last clue. In the online social networking system, the Redditors, who interact with celebrities, are members of an elite question-and-answer session. Chong Chong. Tom. Law and Order AMA. Correct. Wow. Nicely done. <laughs> Puzziger or Chung, how did our contestants do? They both did great. Congratulations, Tom. You're moving on to the final round at the end of the show. Let's meet our next two contestants. First, we have Bridget McCauley. You are an attorney. Yes, I am. And you have claimed that you enjoy going through people's files. <laughs> yes, well, um, a lot of my job entails reading people's emails for legal purposes. Sure. Um, but sometimes people forget that their work emails can be read by other people and should not be used for personal purposes. Ah, yes. That's all so, I should say about okay, that. Okay, <laughs> so can you, in broad strokes, give me what kind of entertaining things you find? Um, just a lot of uh, people's love lives that I don't think they would want me to know about. Oh, yeah. <laughs> right. I'm sure spelled out quite yes, lovely yes. in uh, all kinds of descriptive words. Oh, yes. That does sound like fun. That's a little yeah. perk to your job. <laughs> Definitely. <laughs> your opponent is Emily Giuliano. You are a crime novel editor. That's correct. Now, do you think you could pull off a crime? Well, what like kind a, of a crime? What, oh, excellent. Excellent. All right, let's say a bank robbery. Definitely. Okay, all right. Yeah, absolutely. Just like one quick thing of how you do it. Just one well, quick I just, thing. Well, I know all the right people, so I put together the perfect... The team. The team. The, the Giuliano's 13 team. You need 13? <laughs> sure. Okay, got it. Yeah. Okay, and once you or whoever team members are in the bank, do you, what are you doing? Distracting. Uh -huh. I think the art of distraction is going to be the key. Yeah, you do know what you're talking about. Yeah, this is right. like perfect. Well, according to the Oxford English Dictionary, a word is a sequence of one or more sounds or morphemes consisting of basic units of meaningful speech. So in this game, I'm going to give you a word and its definition. You're going to tell me whether it's a real word that we found in the OED or something that we made up. Okay, that's it. You have to buzz in to answer, but be careful, because if you get it wrong, your opponent automatically scores the point. I know. It's kind of intense, right? All right, let's see how you do. The first word is tamesis, to insert a word between the syllables of another word, as in abso-freaking-lutely. Bridget. Real word? It is a real word. Yeah. Yeah. I snot, the discharge that accumulates and crusts over in the corners of the eyes. Emily, I'm gonna say you made it up. <laughs> I would personally not never make that up, but okay. it is fake. It okay, is good. Fake. <laughs> yes, we all know that's called pupil pus. <laughs> How about berberigmus? Berberigmus, the gurgling noise that occurs when gas or fluids move in your gut. Mm, Emily. Is a word. That is a word, yes. Yeah. How about franticorate? To desperately fill an awkward silence with often nonsensical small talk. Filling it. Mm, Bridget. Not a word. Yeah, that is not a word. Yeah, no, 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 no. We call it Thanksgiving. 
<laughs> Stampkins. Stampkins are the chunky components of a soup in chicken noodle soup. The chicken noodles and vegetables are Stampkins. Mm, they're both looking at me like, hmm. Emily? That's so weird, it has to be real. I'm sorry, that but is not, not real. Oh. I know, it is weird. It's just food. Yeah, it's just food. <laughs> yeah. Seems like it should be a word. Stampkins? It's the opposite of broth. <laughs> right, if you have to say what's what, yeah. is it broth or Stampkins? Right. This soup barely has any Stampkins <laughs> yeah, exactly. in it. Exactly. <laughs> Can I have the Stampkins on the side, please? <laughs> exactly. How about Teradiddle? A petty lie, as in at my high school reunion, I tried to impress my old classmates with a teradiddle about how I invented Instagram. Emily. It's a word. That is a word, yes. That's right. Did you know that word? Or did I did rec- I, I kind of recognize yeah. it. Yeah. So that's, that's a large petty lie, you know, which sounds okay. weird, but because they, they there's diddle, megadiddle, gigadoodle, uh, and then teradiddle is the largest. <laughs> Is there a micro? Is there a micro diddle? <laughs> How about quidnuck? A gossipy person, as in Anthony from HR, is such a quidnuck. Emily, that's a word. That is a word. Yes, it is. It is Latin for what now? Does that mean, what gossip do you have? What, what now? now? Is that what people used to say? I guess so. They just look at you and go, what now? What now? And you'd be like, I'm sleeping with my boss. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this is your last clue. Adorothesia. The rush of joy you get when you look at something cute like a baby or a puppy or a baby with a puppy head. <laughs> Bridget. Not a word. That is not a word. No, no, no. Well done. Puzzleger Archung, how did our contestants do? We have a tie. Whoa. Oh, no. <laughs> Hands on your buzzers. Here we go. Treadle, the row of metal spikes on springs that are used to prevent cars from driving the wrong way, like at a parking garage. Bridget. It is a word. That is correct, and congratulations. You're moving on to the final round at the end of the show. Coming up, we're so excited to talk and enjoy music from Loudon Wainwright, who is what we call in the biz a hyphenate. He's a singer, songwriter, humorist, actor, unlike me, who's just a woman. And your host, Ophira Eisenberg, and you're listening to Ask Me Another from NPR. Support for this podcast and the following message comes from Fifth Generation, maker of Tito's Handmade Vodka. Tito Beverage, yes, that is his actual real name, incorporates the concepts of artisan craftsmanship found in boutique wineries into the spirits industry to create Tito's Handmade Vodka. Tito still uses the time-honored pot still batch distillation process at the original distillery where it all started in Austin, Texas. Tito's Handmade Vodka is made from corn and is naturally gluten-free. Support for Ask Me Another and the following message comes from Starry Station, the touchscreen router for fast Wi-Fi. Starry Station was designed to give you a better way to game, stream, and surf throughout your home. You can see your entire network at a glance, get suggestions on how to fix problems, and finally know if you're getting the internet speed you pay for. It even has parental controls that let you block usage on specific devices during certain hours of the day. So learn more about Starry Station at starry.com slash askmeanother. This is Ask Me Another, NPR's hour of puzzles, word games, and trivia. I'm your host, Ophira Eisenberg, here with puzzle guru Art Chung and house musician Jonathan Colton. Now, please welcome our special guest, actor, singer, songwriter, Loudon Wainwright. (laughs) 
Loudon, your fans know you in so many different ways. Uh, they might go, is that the singing surgeon from MASH? Is that the father from Undeclared? Is that Rufus Wainwright's father? Is that the musician who has 26 albums? You didn't mention Dead Skunk. I'm surprised. Yeah, that's... I think that's going to be in the first sentence, or at least paragraph oh, oh. of my obituary. <laughs> You know about Dead Skunk? Yeah, sure. It was number one in Little Rock, Arkansas in 1972. I have a mental picture of Bill and Hill making out in the back of a Rambler station wagon to Dead Skunk in the middle of the road. And when you're playing concerts with all this amazing amount of songs to uh, draw from, are there any songs that when your fans are like, I have to hear this one, that you're like, you know what, let's not hear that one this time around. Yeah, that would be Dead Skunk, Dead actually. <laughs> uh, I can't remember the last time I did it. That's a, that's a nice feeling, I bet. <laughs> yeah. 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 I'm always curious about the songs of yours that seem really direct and, and personal. You, you write frequently about difficult family relationships or there are songs where you seem to be revealing uh, you know, your own personal shortcomings in a way that I would never dare to do as a songwriter. It feels like a very risky and bold thing to do. What is it like being so revealing in your songwriting and how does it feel when you know, other members of your family are, are doing the same thing? Well, we've had some difficult Thanksgiving dinners over the years. I, you know, I... I that cliche of write about what you know, uh, it, 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 you know, applies. I know myself. I don't really know. I mean, I don't know myself the way that Polonius tells us to know ourselves. But I'm obsessed with myself and focused on myself. And so I write about my cheesy life. If someone's discovering you right now for the very first time, yeah. where would you want them to start? It doesn't, whatever. Yeah. Just start. Yeah. Come on, hurry up. Hurry up. Time is short. <laughs> I could be dead in no time. Please discover me now. Time's a wasted. <laughs> okay, you're going to play a song for us now from the 2014 album Haven't Got the Blues Bracket Yet Bracket. Yeah, this is a song. Uh, uh, my son Rufus uh, his has a birthday in July. And uh, I wrote this song I knew, uh, uh, when Rufus turned 40 to kind of commemorate that special occasion. Uh, the song is called I Knew Your Mother. <laughs> and uh, yes, indeed, I did. <laughs> Here it is. I knew your mother, let me be clear. We were lovers before you got here So don't forget that I knew her when Love was the means and you were the end I still remember somebody who was amazing and crazy Somewhat like you I fell for your mother Love made me a fool We were into each other Till it came off the spool Folks choose their parents Some Buddhists say Maybe you picked us And we were your way In the biblical sense I knew your mom Und it wasn't all Sturm Und it wasn't all Drang Game and when dad takes a powder, it's always a shame. I knew your mother, and your mother knew me, and as long as it lasted, was how long it could be. I 
Today's your birthday, and if truth be told, it has to be said now. We're both a bit older. Yeah, happy birthday. But I wanna be clear, I loved your mother, and that's why you're here. I knew your mother, let me be clear. We were lovers before you got here. So don't forget that I knew her when love was the means and you were the end. Love was the means and you were the end. I knew your mother. Now, next we're going to hear I Had a Dream. Now, this is where you imagine what the world would be like if Donald Trump became president. Now, you said that basically <laughs> you kind of had to write the song like culture just kind of came at you. I didn't want to do it. Yeah. I mean, it's... Uh, I come from a generation of, you know, singers... Uh, who agitprop, you know, protest songs and Phil Oaks and Pete Seeger and those those people were all my heroes. So I, I um, occasionally I do write uh, topical songs and social commentary, and I suppose. And have you felt uh, the feedback and impact it's had has been very positive for you? Well, it depends on where I'm playing. You know, if I'm, <laughs> if I'm in Brooklyn, I'm okay. If I'm in Three Acres, Michigan, I could be in trouble. <laughs> uh, but uh, I, I, I like to play it. Yeah, I, uh, I like listening to it. But before you perform that song for us, I need to say that we are a nonpartisan trivia show and the views expressed in the following performance do not necessarily reflect <laughs> the views of Ask Me Nether or NPR. Necessarily. So you're off the hook. Okay. I had a dream, I don't know what it meant But I dreamed Donald Trump was our president There on election night right by his side His flunky Chris Christie along for the ride <laughs> But it gets worse, just wait there's more He made Jeff Sessions Secretary of War just like he promised, he built him that wall. He blew up Cuba and he carpet bombed Montreal. <laughs> I had a dream, I woke up in a cold sweat. The Donald was elected in a huge upset. He made a bad deal with Putin, a secret pact with Assad. He told the Pope where to go, I swear to God. <laughs> As for the Supreme Court, he got to choose. He filled a vacancy up with Lion Ted Cruz. His face was bright orange and his hair was just weird. But we were made great again, embarrassed in fear. I had a dream, here's how it went. I dreamed that the Trumpster was our president. His little finger on the button, he was doing his thing. Our new national anthem was my ding-a-ling. We were bought and sold like in Monopoly. He had the most hotels in the land of the free. Locked up the opposition and the demonstrators too. That would be me and it might be you.
dream, I'm not sure what it meant. But I dreamed Donald Trump was our president. It wasn't even close, he won it in a landslide. Our new hot first lady, she was beaming with pride. If you think that's cool, don't fool yourself. He made Ben Carson Secretary of Health. Sarah Palin, Secretary of Stealth. If you think that's scary, well, just you wait. He made Newt Gingrich the Secretary of State. Rush Limbaugh, the Secretary of Hate. Dreams come true in this prophecy, and sometimes a nightmare is a reality. Has anyone from the uh, Trump uh, group gotten back to you about that song? Any response? Not yet, but I'm I'm hoping I'm gonna get <laughs> I'm gonna get an insult. <laughs> Your songs are very funny, um, and if you just read the lyrics, they're very deep, but you do it in such... You lo- you're excellent at wordplay. You do it in such a clever way. Are you a game person? Are you into word games or crosswords or I, no, bananagrams I, I or something? I get very nervous. Well, I'm glad I, we're not going to make you uh, play a game because we have your talent here, so we've asked you, if you agree, <laughs> I hope you still agree, to lead a game. Are you up for leading a game with us right no now? No way! Yeah, come on! No, okay, I'll, I'll do it. I'll All lead. Right. I will lead. Let's meet our next two contestants. First, we have Julia Rusakis. Julia, you plan playgrounds. Yes, I do. That's a lovely thing to do. Do you think we should make them just a little more dangerous? I definitely think we should make them more dangerous. Seriously? Yes. Like spikes and things that kids can hurt themselves no, on? not spikes. Learn some not lessons? Not actual danger, but some okay. fear. Some fear and challenge. Some fear and challenge. Fear and challenge. Yeah, because it's too soft, this world, right? It's too soft. Yes, yes, and there have been studies to show that children need to feel a little afraid to and fall. overcome. Yes. yes. I always like but to say... But not hard on their heads. <laughs> Sounds like this playground's no fun at all. (laughs) Your opponent is Parker Pochet. You are a program coordinator at a startup. Yep. But more importantly, you love nail art. I do. (laughs) I I love that I hit your sweet spot because you're like, yeah, my career, whatever, nail art. You're like, ah, beams. Well, right now I've got to ask me another nails, You have asked? Oh, yes, yes, now, now I get it. Oh, that's fantastic. Yeah, that's kind of amazing. Listeners, please go to our Instagram, because we will clearly be photographing that. Yes, they're all nodding. That's smart. That's a good way of leveraging our social media presence. (laughs) So, Loudon Wainwright, at the top of your Wikipedia page, there is an interesting note. It says, apparently some people search for your initials, which are LW3, because you're Loudon Wainwright III, uh, but they are expecting to find the page for the movie Lethal Weapon 3. There's a little note there just telling them to go to a different place. So that inspired us to write a very special installment of a game that we like to call This, That, or The Other. Contestants, Loudon's going to read you some lines, and all you have to do is tell us where they come from. Is the line from a Loudon Wainwright song? Is it a line from a poem by Dr. Seuss? Or is it a piece of dialogue from Lethal Weapon 3? <laughs> Ring in to guests, and of course, the winner will move on to our final round at the end of the show. Take it away, Loudon. Being a dad, being a dad, being a dad can make you feel glad. Julia. Loudon Rainwright song. Wow. Yeah, that is correct. Acing it. That song is called, of course, Being a Dad. This is a rather benign couplet from that song. It's a kind of negative... uh, talks about how you can lie to your children and uh, how much you hate Walt Disney and have to read them stupid books. <laughs> it's a bit cynical. And I remember when I wrote it, uh, I was writing topical songs for, for NPR, actually. For, uh, for, and they put it on uh, Morning Edition and it got a lot of very angry, upset mail <laughs> yep. for Father's Day, kind of a thing. All right, let's go for the next one. But I've bought a big bat. I'm already, you see. Now my troubles are going to have troubles with me. Julia. 
Dr. Seuss. Oh, man, you're good. <laughs> yeah, that's correct. I studied in the car on the way over. Oh, yeah? You studied in the car? You listened to all uh, 26 albums? As many as I could. <laughs> all right, let's have the next one. Christmas morning finally has come. It has meaning for each and every one. Christmas morning, I cannot believe. Just last night was Christmas Eve. Dr. Parker. Seuss? I'm sorry, that is incorrect. No way! I'm sorry, it didn't I, rhyme well enough, but I was already saying it. <laughs> it's all right. Uh, Julia, can you steal? Loudon Wainwright song? I'm sorry, that is from Lethal Weapon. No, yeah. that is a Loudon <laughs> Wainwright lyric. Okay, Loudon. Well, that'll be a week too long for me. My feet are killing me. Yeah, your feet are killing me too. Well, how could my feet be killing you? Parker. Lethal weapon. <laughs> that is a lethal weapon. Three quotes. Yes. Got yeah. one. <laughs> yep. All right, this is your last clue. I've got all of my fingers and all of my toes. I'm pretty well off, I guess, I suppose. Julia. Loudon Wainwright. Yes. Yeah. It's a hard day on the planet. It is. What's that song about? Well, it was, I wrote it uh, in the mid-80s when it seemed like everything was going to end. And uh, so it's, a, it's kind of a um, perennial, I suppose. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Just being negative again, I guess, you know. Fatherhood. <laughs> The world. The world. Christmas seems Life. fine. Life. Good news. We do have a winner. Both of you did fantastic. But Julia, you will be moving on to our final round at the end of the show. And thank you to Loudon Wainwright, who will be back later in the show to play one more song for us. Let's hear it for Loudon Wainwright. If you're that person who always points out that Dr. Seuss wasn't a real doctor, you're probably looking for a place where people won't want to kill you, and that place is here. Fill out a contestant form at amatickets.org and finally be among your people. Coming up, Jonathan Colton sings about things that come together like freaks and geeks, nerds and words, asking and anothering. I'm Ophira Eisenberg, and you're listening to Ask Me Another from NPR. Support for Ask Me Another comes from LearnVest. LearnVest is an online financial advice company focused on empowering people nationwide to make smart decisions with their money. If you want to know how to aggressively pay down your student loans, LearnVest can help with that. If you want to know how much you should put aside for savings or contribute to your retirement account, yep, they're on it. They'll create a custom financial plan, plus they'll pair you with a financial planner to help you keep on track. To see a sample plan and get a $50 credit, go to learnvest.com slash another. Hey, y'all. Sam Sanders here, campaign reporter with NPR News, here to tell you that the NPR Politics Podcast has you covered for the biggest two weeks of this election year so far. Skip the cable news hangover and listen to our daily episodes from the Republican and Democratic conventions in Cleveland and Philadelphia. Every day of both conventions. It all starts July 19th. Subscribe to the NPR Politics Podcast at npr.org slash podcast or on the NPR One app. Thanks. This is Ask Me Another, NPR's hour of puzzles, word games, and trivia. I'm your host, Ophira Eisenberg, here with puzzle guru Art Chung and house musician Jonathan Colton. Let's meet our next two contestants. They are Jake Connors. You are a physics grad student at Harvard. (laughs) Your opponent is your fiancé, Meredith McGregor. You are a Ph.D. student at Harvard studying astrophysics. So, like, what are your arguments like? Mostly about what we work on and how she's wrong. (laughs) Oh, you tell her that she's wrong about astrophysics, and you tell him how he's wrong about... Well, if only I understood what he actually worked on. (laughs) 
Oh, yeah, exactly. You don't even care about what he works on, do you? No. I do observational work, so I actually like go to telescopes and use them. And then you get cool, pretty pictures. <laughs> you make it sound like a literature degree, frankly. That's what you make it sound like. So uh, what kind of physics are you doing? Physics, I work physics. To work on building the instrumentation that she uses. I work on building radio telescopes. You build the radio telescopes that she's shutting down you for building, basically. Yeah. <laughs> Not shutting down. They're, use- they're great. They're useful. I feel like a weird therapist right now that doesn't understand you. <laughs> <laughs> so this is a musical parody game. It's a song from a little indie band from the 60s called The Bettles. Jonathan Colton, take it, it away. It's actually pronounced The Beatles. Oh, oh. Yeah. We have reworked the song Come Together to be about things that go together, like macaroni and cheese, or Bert and Ernie, or Jake and Meredith. Uh, Isn't that sweet? I just ad-libbed that that right now, ladies and gentlemen. (laughs) Buzz in to answer. The winner will move on to the final round at the end of the show. Are you ready? Yes. Okay. Here come old storm cloud, then come electric discharge, then the noisy rumbling that will scare my doggy. Jake? Lightning and thunder. Yes, absolutely. Cats aren't scared of thunder and lightning, just as a clarification? Uh, cats are scared of thunder and lightning, but they are too proud to show it. <laughs> They're mostly scared of uh, your love, accepting your love, right? <laughs> yes, that's right. They're, sc- <laughs> they're scared of showing any emotion or, or need. I know Prince was from one of these. Twins in Minnesota, the two largest cities. Jake? St. Paul and Minneapolis. You got it. Here we go. Headline in Vegas, they make magic funny One does all the talking and the short one's quiet Astrophysicists and physicists don't like magicians? What's wrong with you people? It's like the basis of magic No? No, wow All right Yes, Jake Penn, Gillette, and... uh... I can't remember the other guy's name. Oh, wow. Wow. Oh, now Mer- Meredith. Now Mer- Meredith wants to steal. Penn and Teller? Yeah. <laughs> Teamwork. This is just like you said. He builds something, and then you use it. <laughs> she gets all the credit in the end, so I don't Beautiful. know. <laughs> Here we go. Water is made so easily. Put these two together Cause it's elementary Come together Right now I'm thirsty Jake Hydrogen and oxygen Oh yeah, that's correct Moved by claymation They are British icons He's a bald inventor But his Dog's much smarter. Jake. Wallace and Gromit? Yeah, Wallace and Gromit. That's correct. Here we go. Here's your last clue. Legume spread and jam fruity. Put them on some bread. Efficient delivery. Come together right now. My tummy. (laughs) Meredith. Peanut butter and jelly. That's correct. (laughs) Archung, how did our super smarty contestants do? They both did great, but Jake, congratulations. You're moving on to the final round at the end of the show. Let's meet our next two contestants. First up, Joseph Naylor. You work in geographic Information systems. That's correct. Mm-hmm. Is Google Maps putting out of work? Uh, you'd think so, but actually not. Really? Yeah. We got uh, newer imagery than Google Maps even has. You do? Mm-hmm. Yeah, what are you using? 
Uh, satellite imagery. Can't really go too into depth with it. Oh. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> but do you use Google Maps and every time you just laugh, like, ha, 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 child's play? Do you do that? <laughs> uh, sometimes it's, it is helpful to get, like, another set of imagery just to compare and contrast. Yeah, I like it. <laughs> we also have Matt Koskowski. Matt, you are an academic advisor at a community college. Yes, I am. You help people follow their dreams? I help people follow their dreams, and I help people uh, when they fail classes. Um, there's, there's, there's a lot of that. There's a lot of that? So if, when someone fails a class and they come to you freaking out, I imagine? Sometimes. Sometimes they don't know. Oh, you have to tell them? Sometimes, yeah. It's, it's, oh. it's one of the perks. It's <laughs> <laughs> okay, Joseph, what song constantly goes through your head? It's a little embarrassing, but I often get mbop stuck in my head. No. Mm. That's a good song, Joseph. Don't be ashamed. That's a great song. <laughs> it's very catchy. It's very catchy. Okay, <laughs> fair enough. Matt, what song constantly goes through your head? Uh, I once had uh, Seal's Kiss from a Rose stuck in my head for a week. <laughs> That was, that was exciting. <laughs> that was exciting? Yeah. Uh, what was going on with you that week? Well, it was, um, I was in the Boy Scouts, and it was the last song I heard before I got dropped off at Boy Scout camp. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> and so then it was just on a loop through, you know, merit badges and archery and <laughs> grease the watermelon. And... I could see that would be a great thing to go through your head during archery, really just... <laughs> Sinks up perfectly. It's, it's really kind of... Na, 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 na. It's really... Yeah, yeah, that's good. <laughs> <laughs> Your game is about music sharing, and we're not talking about Napster or Morpheus or LimeWire. No, in this quiz, every answer is the name of a song whose title is shared by more than one artist. These songs are not covers. They're two completely different songs that have the same title. For example, this is a Marky Mark and the Funky Bunch song featuring Marky dancing, boxing, and making out. No, it's not. It's the memorable Beach Boys pop masterpiece that features a theremin. The answer, of course, would be Good Vibrations, which is the name of both songs. Yes. Right? Your minds are blown. Buzz into answer. Let's do it. The video for this Lionel Richie ballad shows him infatuated with a blind sculptor. No, no. This Adele ballad sepia tone video shows her in a dusty house. Joseph. Hello? Hello. <laughs> yes. Yeah, Hello. Yeah. That's correct. Yes. Sorry. Sorry. Yes. Just for a second, I thought you were picking up the phone. <laughs> but yes, hello is the answer. I was just dreaming that I was on the stage, and then I picked up the phone. <laughs> very weird. And was it Adele? It's me. It was it, it's me. <laughs> and then was it Lionel Richie? Is it me you're looking for? <laughs> Lionel Richie, please stop calling. <laughs> this country ballad is the signature Patsy Cline song. No, this neo-soul single is Gnarls Barkley's signature song. Joseph. Crazy? Yeah, crazy is correct. This is the Tears for Fear song that wants us to get loud. No, it is the Isley Brothers hit that asks us to get a little bit softer now. Shout? Oh. <laughs> Matt. Shout. <laughs> that is correct. This is the TLC song about cheating on your cheating partner. No, it's the Radiohead song about a drunk guy following a girl around who's so very special. Matt. Creep. Yes, creep is correct. This is your last clue. It's the song David Bowie wrote with John Lennon that ends with the question, what's your name? No, it isn't. It's the titular song from the movie about the New York High School for the Performing Arts where Irene Cara tells us to remember her name. Matt. Fame? Fame, indeed. You got it. Art Chung, how did our contestants do? It was a close game, and Matt pulled it out. Congratulations, Matt. You're our winner. Please welcome back to the stage, Loudon Wainwright. So, Loudon, this is an older song that our staff really wanted to hear, Swimming Song. So when you uh, first wrote this song, what were you expressing about your life? 
Uh, well, swimming is, is something that I've always loved to do, and I think I just, uh, that's what I was trying to express. <laughs> do you still swim? I do swim. I went swimming yesterday up in up, upstate. I, I intend to swim tomorrow. I, is that how I you can't keep... stop. A, <laughs> I'm in a swimming 12-step program. Well, let's, uh, let's hear the swimming song. Loudon Wainwright, everybody. <laughs> No intention to swim in the Gowanus Canal, though. <laughs> this summer I went swimming. This summer I might have drowned. Held my breath and kicked my feet and I moved my arms around. Moved my arms around. This summer I swam in the ocean and I swam in a swimming pool. Soft my wounds, chlorine my eyes I'm a self-destructive fool I'm a self-destructive fool Hey! This summer I did the backstroke And you know that that's not all did the breaststroke and the butterfly and the old Australian crawl, old Australian crawl. This summer I swam in a public place in a reservoir to boot. At the latter I was informal, at the former I wore my suit, I wore my swimming suit. Hey, clap your hands. Come on, it's folk music. This summer I did swan dives and jackknives for you all. Once when you were looking, I did a cannonball. I did a cannonball. Hey, summer I went swimming. Yeah, summer I might have drowned. Held my breath, kicked my feet, and I moved my Good clapping. Major clappage. Loud and Wainwright, everybody. Thank you very much. Thank you. Now we're going to crown this week's big winner. Let's bring back Tom, Bridget, Julia, Jake, and Matt. They are going to be playing our final round. Puzzle Guru Archung, take it away. Thanks, Ophira. This final round is called Mm-mm Good. Every answer is a two-word phrase or name, and each word starts with the letter M, like in Mickey Mouse. We're going to play the spelling bee style, so one wrong answer and you're out. You only have a few seconds to give me that answer, and the last person standing is our big winner. Your prize is an Ask Me Another Rubik's Cube and a poster from Loudon Wainwright. Here we go. Tom. This actress famously sang Happy Birthday to President Kennedy. Marilyn Monroe. You got it. Bridget, he won the Oscar for his starring role in Dallas Buyers Club. Oh, crap. <laughs> Three seconds. Oh, my God, I can't remember. I'm sorry, time is up. Step aside. Julia, do you know the answer? Dallas Buyers Club. Gonna have to call three seconds on you. No, stepping aside, Jake. Matthew McConaughey? That is correct. We have to say goodbye to Julia and Bridget. We are quickly down to three players. Matt, this Halloween song is a graveyard smash. The Monster Mash. You got it. Tom, this Mike and Molly star stole the show in the movie Bridesmaids. Melissa McCarthy. That's right. Jake, it's the Broadway musical and movie based on the songs of ABBA. Mamma Mia. 
Mamma Mia is correct. Matt. He's the controversial artist behind the album Antichrist Superstar, and his real name is Brian Hugh Warner. Mm, modest Mouse? That is incorrect. We're going to go to Tom. Marilyn Manson. That is correct. We have to say goodbye to Matt. We're down to two players, Jake and Tom. Jake, this extremely nearsighted cartoon character was originally voiced by the actor who played Thurston Howell III. Jake is deep in contemplation. Three seconds. Tom, if you know the answer, you're a big winner. Mr. Magoo. That is correct. Congratulations, Tom. You're Ask Me Another Big Winner. You did it. That is our show. Thank you so much for playing for bonus games and stuff that's too hot for radio. Look us up on Facebook and Twitter and subscribe to our podcast on Google Play, iTunes, and Stitcher. Come see us live or be a contestant. Just go to amatickets.org. Ask Me Another's Puzzle Guru is Art Chung. Hey, my name anagrams to Narc Thug. Our house musician is Jonathan Colton. Thou Jolta Cannon. Our puzzles were written by Eric Feinstein, Matthew Foster, Mike Nothnagel, Carol Lee, and senior writer Karen Lurie. Ask Me Another's produced by Kiana Fitzgerald. Giant Fake Lizard. Mike Katzip, Travis Larchuk, Julia Melfi, Denny Shin, and our intern Ashlyn Hatch, along with Anya Grunman. We are recorded by Damon Whittemore, David Hurtkin, and Kristen Muller. Mercury Lentils. Ask Me Another was created by... Eric Newsom and Jesse Baker. We'd like to thank our home in Brooklyn, New York, The Bell House. Hot Heel Blues. And our production partner, WNYC. I'm Harip Begonias. Ophira Eisenberg. And this was Ask Me Another from NPR. On the next Ask Me Another, actor Jonathan Groff is thankful HBO redefined how gay men are represented on television. Where they weren't tragic figures, and they weren't the comedic relief, and they weren't sexually sensationalized, but they were just human beings. Join me, Ophira Eisenberg, with the stars of HBO's Looking, next time on NPR's Hour of Puzzles, Word Games, and Trivia.